Welcome to the Family Life Christian Fellowship Podcast. Become a light today. Featuring Pastors Larry and Yvonne Clark. This message will teach, empower, encourage, and even challenge you in your walk with the Lord. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit familylifeonline.org. And now, here's this week's speaker. So, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's go. Let the Holy Spirit set some things into place. Praise God. And we being obedient to him, praise God, move forward in him. So let's turn our Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We've already prayed. Well, my wife prayed for me back there. So and Pastor Larry's already prayed this morning. But we just receive and agree with the prayer. And praise God. You can say this along with me if you want. Praise God, but this is my Bible. This is God's word to me. I believe this Bible more than I do the words of a friend, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, an accountant, or a politician. <laughs> we believe this Bible. I believe this Bible is your love letter, Lord. It's your word to us, to your body. We trust your word in Jesus' name. And you have brought and will bring every word of this word to pass. In Jesus' name, in our lives and in your church. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I feel like I'm in a slow down mode. Praise God, let me find it. I like doing workshops because I put everything on the, uh, on the, uh, on the slides. So I do do a turn, look at the slides and read. So, <laughs> so uh, praise God, I'm still looking for it. Praise God. Second Timothy, and I'm still in First Timothy. So I tell you what, somebody got it, just stand up and read that. Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. And I'll catch up. I told you the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And you can stop right there. Praise God. Thank you, cousin, sister, Lord. Praise God. He says, and then we read this, we've been reading this the last times that we've ministered that in the last days, which we're in the last days, the perilous times should come. And how you know that we're in the last days? But well, the Bible talks about that the point, the pivot point or the starting point of the last days would be in that time when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit shall come. Because Joel prophesied that in the last days, God will pour out a spirit upon all flesh. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was outpouring, poured on all flesh. So that began the last days. So he said in the last days, but now you understand the last days has some longevity to it. That goes all the way up. And it's all part of what we call the end times. And not all the same thing because there's different segments of what we call the last days. So, but the church is part of the last days. And that's the day we live in. But well, he said in the last days, perilous times to come. And he's not even talking about in the time after the rapture of the church, which is really the next event that happens in the prophetic calendar, that the rapture of the church, the church will be snatched up, caught up to meet the Lord in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
that we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ are raised first. And at that same instant and a moment that we'll be caught up, those of us who are alive and our bodies will be changed. We'll take off mortality and put on immortality. And there we'll ever be with the Lord. And then the other things that unfold that we won't talk about them at this time. Praise God. But I really believe that everybody, and it's so important and critical that everybody in the time that we live in, particularly this year, become a student of prophecy, become a student of eschatology. I always like how Dr. Warder said that, eschatology. And uh, praise God. And that's a study of end times, of end time prophecy. And so everybody should become a student because we don't want things to happen to catch us unaware. And I'm sad to say that I really believe that some of the things that are about to happen, even before the rapture of the church, that a lot of the church are going to be caught unaware. And people are going to be, and this is not even in the tribulation period of time, this is even now where people, believers, are become scared. At least like in the day that in the church I was raised in, the Baptist church I was raised in, we, we used to sing a song. What are you going to do when the world's on fire? Is you going to run? Is you going to run? And what you going to do when the world's on fire? Is you going to run? Is you going to run? And at least they knew, even they may not know everything uh, um, scripturally, they knew, I'm going to tell the angel to wrap me in his arm. Don't let the fire do me no harm. Well, I don't know if we're going to have to, uh, well, not according to scripture, they're going to be able to tell the angel to wrap me in your arm. Besides, anyway, as a church, we won't be here. But at least it was a comfort that they had a plan. That's the point. That's why I shared that. They had a plan. They know, well, if something goes down, I'm going to find me an angel, you know, because they're all ministry spirits sent for. So I'm going to get an angel. But I think the church today, a lot of the people in the church, they don't even know that. A lot of us in the church, some of the conversations I hear and, and, and talk about me, my own family, my own kids sometimes like that, that I'm not even understanding knowing what an angel is. Now, I know it's in the Bible. We talk about things. So you got to understand something that we talk about a lot of stuff, but we don't know what they mean. And praise God. And, and you can't learn everything, you know, and, and part, I know Pastor Larry knows what I'm talking about, so um, then I'm not no discredit to, to any pastor or Pastor Larry, but a pastor of a church can't teach you everything on Sunday morning. That's why we need to become students of the word. We need to learn some things. We need to find even some things that are said every week. You know, we need to, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Uh, come to Bible study. Because in Bible study, things get poured out and get examined a little bit more than what happens on a Sunday morning. Go to workshops. Amen. Praise God. Get in concentrated. Read books on subject. Google. <laughs> Google something. The only problem with Google is that you're going to get everybody's opinion. And if you, in, in the mix, if you don't have the Holy Spirit leading you to what is the right opinion, it's going to get you more goofed up and worse off than where you were before, because you're like, oh, my God, I don't know what they're talking about. Because everybody got something to say. And a lot of people got so-called scripture proof texts to back them up. But that's why we need to know, have the whole counsel of the word of God. You know, there's still people out there talking about, you know, getting on word of faith preachers or Pentecostal preachers for preaching the Holy Ghost or preaching by healing. Well, if you disagree with that, my problem is, well, then like Jesus told, the, told those people, they came and said that they were getting on him that you cast out devils by Satan. And he says, well, if that's what's going on, I'm paraphrasing. He said, now, who do your sons cast them out by? Because somebody needs to be doing it. Somebody needs to be shown some manifestation because the Bible talks about it. <coughs> Jesus did it, amen, praise God. And he is our person to follow. Everybody messed up. If you find fault with Paul, you find fault with Peter, if you find fault with, with, with uh, who was the good guy, uh, Thaddeus, Nathaniel, the one that had no guile, if you find fault with him, praise God, at least we can go back to Jesus because they ain't going to find no fault with him. How He didn't knew no sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we look at him. What did he did? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out devil. Oh, praise God. He gave his life. Praise God. He talked about the kingdom of God, didn't he? Praise God. Hallelujah. He preached prosperity. He preached the prosperity gospel. What do you call Luke 14, 18, 19, but a prosperity gospel? The spirit of the Lord is anointed me to preach the gospel to the what? Poor. You don't preach good news to a poor and tell them you're going to stay that way. How's that good news? Praise God. I could have looked at my own bank account and found that out. Good news come take, but you, you I don't care what you're looking at, son. But praise God, there's a change coming. Yeah. Amen. That's good news. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
turn over to um, um, just a quick word about that. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. Praise God. He said, there's going to come times that you really not that's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge your faith. So we need to know how to navigate through those times. Um, Donald Trump, is, I definitely don't believe, was a, um, was a prophetic film into any kind of perilous times, even though a lot of Christians thought that. Oh, God, even my little granddaughter came and she's 10 years old, uh, I think 10 years old, coming to the house after Donald Trump was elected and talking about, oh, my God, sound like Charlie Brown, we're doomed. Um, <laughs> no, she said, I'm doomed. And here people say, we're going back into slavery. I was in the barbershop the other day. We're going back into slavery. I mean, where are you getting this mess from? Damn God. Glory to God. I don't care who's in it. Praise God. It took a lot more than that to take people back into slavery. Matter of fact, a lot of people still in slavery, men- mentally and spiritually. Praise God. They never got delivered. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, anybody didn't do that. Set the enemy in our own ignorance up to the word of God. Hallelujah. We need to come up with some things. Praise God. Not understanding the times and seasons that we're in. But I really believe that if Jesus, if some, not Jesus, because thank God when Jesus comes <coughs> in the rapture, he's not going to ask anybody about it. I know a lot of date setters put dates and times on things like that. And a lot of them, most, not a lot of them, all, none of them came true. Because <laughs> if they did, we wouldn't be here, right? <coughs> I'll be preaching in heaven right at this moment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It'll be my, my, my Sunday. Praise God. I said, Lord, remember, Pastor Larry said I can preach, preach on Sunday, first Sunday of the year. Praise God. Hallelujah. You got to honor what he said. <laughs> Praise God. He said, go out and preach. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I can, I can, I can entertain that. Praise God. That's okay. Um, so the perilous times are going to come. So we need to know some things. We need to have our faith settled. As Christians, we need to be solid. We need to have our house built on a rock. Glory to God. If anybody should know and be confident what's going on. Because you understand, no matter what goes on the work on, on the world, there's a different newspaper that we read. There's a different book that we follow. We have a different commentator. Glory to God. We have a different anchor. I like that. We have a different anchor. Glory to God. An anchor to our soul, which is the word of God, the hope that's in Jesus Christ. And we should be living by that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're not going to be caught off balance. Praise God. Uh, the word of God does say to watch. And even though I believe he's talking that a lot of the, the watching talks about Israel during the tribulation period of time, during the first three and a half years, it's still a message that we all can take out of that. To, we need to watch. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch what's going on. Don't get all upset. Well, you know, what did it mean by the red moons? I don't know. What did it mean? What did this mean? What did that mean? What did that mean? Even if none of that happened or did happen, that still doesn't change. See, the red moons and all that doesn't make Jesus come or not come. Jesus is coming because Jesus said he's coming. And the red moons and all, that, all those signs, they're signs that, will, that, that come to back up what he said. He don't back up what they said. They back up what he said. Hallelujah. Y- y'all get that? Praise that Jesus is Jesus. The word is the word. So we need to become students of the word of God. Amen. Because perilous times have come. Turn to John, St. John chapter 12. I just got this this morning. St. John answered the, um, the Lord. Always, always prepared like I'm getting ready to teach a college course. It just, it just no good and well. I ain't going to cover it about a third of the stuff. Is that. Praise God. But I'm ready. Somebody want to challenge me out the door. Uh, let me grab my notes. <laughs> Praise God. Write them in the letter. Praise God. Amen. All right. Here I'm going to go slow again. Uh, St. John chapter 12. I, no, I think it's chapter 14. Chapter 14. Verse 12. A very familiar verse of scripture. <laughs> All right. Let's go first. I'll put your th- thumb on 12. And let's, uh, verse four, let's read verse 1. He says, Jesus talking. It's in red. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go prepare a place for you. <coughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But I like what he says in verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. So don't get scared. Don't get shaken up. Praise God. I've still been disobedient myself and telling myself right now, the Lord told me and I need to do it. Holy Spirit, help me. I will do that, praise God, this week in Jesus' name, just to get a hold of the peace scriptures 
and just put them on my tape recorder and just listen to them. And so the devil tried to be slick and try to make me lose my tape player, my little micro tape player, but I got it back. I got it back. Amen. Praise God. And just put the peace scriptures down and just listen to them. And praise God, because he said, because you're going to have to do that with the word. Because I don't know, but you, I, some things that, I'm, that in my personal life that I'm believing for, that are situations that <coughs> to somebody else, it might really, <coughs> excuse me, that might really get you upset. Just because you're standing by faith don't mean that you don't have the challenge of those thoughts coming to your mind. That's why I see faith. I said, Lord, the other day, I said, you know, I never really thought about that. Faith, the shield of faith, that's a, that's a, def- a shield is a defensive weapon. The sword is an offensive, right? The shield is a defensive. I said, I don't understand that. You see, but see, when I make a decision of faith, because in that scripture, the armor, he saw having done all the stand. Because really, here it is. In the, as in the army of God and the progressive, because we're going to be talking about the, prog- the progressive church, but a different kind of progressive church, y'all get that. In the army of God, really, are, it's, it's done. It's already done. The battle's already won. Hallelujah. We're not going to try to win a battle. It's our, we're not going to try to beat the devil. The devil's already defeated. He's beat. He's whooped. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. We're, we're, in a, we're in a stands, we're in a stands, hallelujah. And when that doesn't mean we're just getting beat up, that means that we're standing there holding up the bloodstained banner, glory to God. We're holding it up, praise God, in, in, in stance of what's proof, what has already been done. Amen. It's already been done. So that's why the shield of faith, because all the wet missiles of the devil's coming against us, telling us why it hasn't already been done. Why are you not going to get it? Why it's not going to manifest? And we need to stand there. Well, how do you do that? With the, with the word of God. See, all the weapons of the warfare are, 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 are different elements of the word of God. Faith is an element of the word of God. So what is the shield of faith? It's what God's word, it's God's word already settled in heaven. And so as I believe God for things, the thought comes against my mind. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do? What's going on in the world? Anybody go down to go to sleep at night and just before you go to sleep, the devil sent us how you know you're going to wake up. What does what, what those prophecies of, prophecies of the doom say really happen? And, you know, and they send that electronic bomb. The, what's the, that bomb that explodes over the atmosphere and wipes out all electronics? What, what, what does that happen? What are you going to do? Well, we got a promise. And I had to tell myself, I got to speak a scripture. The word says, he's promised to keep me. Amen. And you got to talk some things. You got to say some things out of your mouth. <coughs> you got to act like you really are a believer and believe it. Praise God. And that shield of faith, it quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So he said, and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So we believe in Jesus. So go down to verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to be with my Father. So I just got this this morning. Praise God. That word work, I mean, I didn't just get the revelation of that, but I got to share this this morning. He said, Verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, Jesus, the works. Now, you know, a lot of times we take that work, so there's a couple words in the New Testament for works, one of them we're very familiar with is, is dunamis. And that's the miracle working power of God. So we're used to that in service and, and the anointing. We associate that with the anointing. And sometimes we slip that one into that verse of scripture. But actually that's not the word dunamis. It's not that word that Jesus said, greater works. So a lot of times we're talking, we're going to do more miracles. We're going to do more miracles. We're going to do more healings. We're going to do this. Now it's included in that, but the word there is the word aragon. And which means, it, and I like to put it this way, the ministry of Jesus becomes to us a ministry. It becomes our occupation. It becomes our lifestyle. It becomes how we live. So it's not just, we're, we're, you know, we're not just miracle-centered. We're, we're Christ-centered. We're, we're interested in and partaking in working, doing what he does. And doing it in such a way that it be, it's a greater thing, praise God. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. Our ministry should be, I'm, I'm doing what I see Jesus do. 
Hallelujah. I'm doing what I see the Father do. And taking that up as an occupation. Tell it, tell it, tell it becomes the, the greatest thing in our life. <coughs> I'm going to be talking about, and I just thought out there right now, that prophetically I believe. Now, I was going to read this, but I want to read it. You know where it's at. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The word says we prophesy in part. So sometimes you wonder, I even wonder sometimes, I, well, I did, used to wonder, you know, how can Lord you tell one prophet one thing, another prophet another thing? <coughs> and I always look where they connect together. And sometimes when he tells one prophet, it may seem different. I know some prophets that um, they get details. Man, I tell you, you know, on, on July the 15th at 12.30 in the afternoon, you know, uh, a fly is going to fly in the room, you know, and, and the ice cream is going to melt because the temperature in the refrigerator broke, and, and they know it. And, and a lot of times the, those that are, are operate that way comes to pass. Uh, Brother Frank, we know him. The Lord deals with him. Um, he hears the audible voice of God. He hears it, audible voice of God. But that's the way the Lord deals with him. He don't deal with every prophet the same. And they don't tell everybody the same thing. But I believe that they, they do line up. And as long as the prophecy doesn't start dissing the word of God, you're okay. Praise God. Now, if the prophecy start telling you something different than the word of God, then you need to, to run. We need to take heed because we have a greater prophecy. Than the word of, it is the word of God. And we need, that needs to be number one in our life. But prophecy comes to, sometimes the word may not be specific, to the ice cream melting in the refrigerator. The word is specific to telling you how to get out of that and how to believe God, having what you say, and believe and trust in God to bring you over, but it might not tell you. And maybe that's something that you need to know. Maybe you need to know that. Don't get on that plane. Well, you might not find that in Luke chapter 3. But the prophet or a word of prophecy will come and tell you a specific thing. Well, the whole point is, is that that we prophesy in part. We don't know it all. So sometimes you wonder, well, well, prophet said that, but they didn't know this. Well, we ain't God. I tell my wife, I tell my wife that sometimes. I don't know if she remembers. She'll ask me something. Well, why do you know that? I said, I'm a prophet. I'm not a psychic. Psychics try to know everything. Yeah, I, I, this is going to happen. I see it in your, in your, in your hand. You ain't seen nothing in my hand. It's just all some dirt. Glory to God. And that's what you, you know, I, I, went, I was on the boardwalk in Atlantic City some years ago. Walk past on those psychics and, and ask me what time it is. I said, if you don't know what time it is, how you, how you going to tell me my, in my future? Praise God. Hallelujah. But the reality is, prophet, we don't know everything. Praise God. He had, had different prophets in the Bible. All of them prophesied everything. That's why there was 40-something men that, that God used to write the Bible over a period of time. That the Holy Spirit uh, gave them the word, to, the word to write down. Praise God. So don't get all excited because one prophet say one thing and somebody say something else. I mean, I get people come to me all the time. I'm the prophet saying most of the stuff I don't even remember. I'm so, oh, yeah, really? I'm just like, Holy Ghost, you must have told them that. <coughs> I must have said something and they must have thought I said it. But they heard me. They wrote it down. Brother called me the other day talking about, yeah, uh, yeah, so the people call me different things, different places. You know, he, this, this brother, he called me, he said, Pastor Terry. He said, Pastor Terry, he said, you told me this, and it came to pass just the way you said it. Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we prophesy in part. All of that is to bring a light and attention that you'll go get in your book. You'll go get in your word. Why does God deal with people in dreams? The Lord deals with Pastor Larry in dreams. Why does the Lord deal with people in dreams? It's not to give glory to the dream, to get all spooky. I really believe the reason why God gives people dreams is so that you'll take more time to go get along with him and to give you a chance to talk to him. Lord, what do you mean by this? Oh, yeah, I'm glad you came. Praise God. We'll get to the dream. Let's fellowship a little bit more. Okay? That's what he's after. All these things are getting us closer into him. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The gifts of the Spirit come, praise God. Get your body healed so you spend more time with him, with a healed body. Don't have to worry about pain bothering you every time you go to walk. Praise God. I want to walk outside in my prayer time. I can't because my foot is hurting. That ain't God. He wants me to spend time with him, praise God. I need a healed foot to do that. Glory to God. You see what I'm saying? Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's move on. I know we've used up a lot of time already. Um, amen. I was in, um, some of you might have heard the story, so I'll be real quick with it, but um, I was in North Carolina, and um, this is going back some years, a few years ago, we was going down to Disney World, a faith trip, because we didn't really, 
I wasn't, we didn't really plan to go. I think it was Decia had wanted all of us to go. She was going to pay for part of it. Still, we had to bleed because we didn't have the money. So we, it was like the Beverly Hillbillies. We just loaded, loaded up the truck and, and, moved, and went to Kissimmee because <laughs> of me or whatever. Uh, and we got there, and by faith, we only had a little bit of money, but we driving down there. And so on the way back up, I got North Carolina, so to say, one of those rest stops that are real nice, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I never forget, she had to use the restroom. So I went in behind her, and I was just there looking at the big map that says, with the X on it and with the big map of the corridor and in the, in the eastern part of the country, and then the X says, you are here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you are here. So I'm looking at it, so she comes out, and I'm out of the back. Out of, I saw this man coming up towards the, the door, and I got this impression that he's going to ask for something. And so she went through the car, and I went and followed her. And I just, for some reason, I just went slow. And he came up to me. Sure enough, he wanted some money. With, and he said his car broke down. What I thought was odd, because he said he lived in the area. He wasn't a traveler. So why are you here, you know? And so I told him. I said, look, man, I don't have that much money on it. I said, I said, and I don't know why I told him my business either. He said, I said, but uh, we, this is a face trip for me and my family. I told him, really, how the fuck do we need money for gas? I got to go back to New Jersey. And so um, I said, but I asked my wife. I was stalling because I want to see what the Lord said. So I got halfway back to the car, and I heard the Lord say, well, if you give him money, you give him. It's not because he asks you. You give him because you're going to bless him. And so I got back to the car. I didn't just give him. I, said, I did have maybe a couple dollars. So I, gave, I was going to give him $10 or something like that. So I asked her, and she nodded, got back to the man. I said, here, I'm going to pray with you before I give it to him. And I said, I'm a preacher. I'm going to pray for him. And he said, told me that his father was a minister, and to tell him his story about he was running from it. He was, they, he was called, or they thought he was called, and he ran from it. So I prayed with him, ministered to him. And, that, and I never get, because it started to rain, and night mist was coming down. And um, halfway through the prayer, man, the Holy Ghost come up on me. And, 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 and the Lord said to him, I said, the love of God came up on me. I said, man, you ought to understand how much God loves you. That he will send this preacher. And as I thought on that, that came to me, as the Lord came to me, the Lord brought me back to the sign, to the map with the X. You are here. This is where you're at. And, he's, and I said, the God, must, God must really love you. That he will send this preacher all the way from New Jersey, all the way down to Florida, all the way back up, North Carolina, 3 o'clock in the morning, in the rain, to pray for you. I said, he must really love you. Hallelujah. You see, that's the way our life is, and that's, that's where we're at. And I'm, 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 I'll share that with you and get what we're talking about, is that we are on God's timetable. We are here where we're at for a reason. God has called us to minister to people. It's bigger than us. We think everything is all about us. It's not all about us. It's for us, but it's not always about us. God has called us to minister to somebody else. We may think that we might be dealing with some issues right now, and y'all have heard this before, that somebody is worse off than you. And, I, don't, and I, I never really did like that because I never liked to measure my condition with somebody being worse off. Oh, yeah, praise God. You know, somebody worse off than me. Praise God, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. I, I, you know, but the truth is, there is. And then there'll just have to be people worse off. It would be people that financially or some other condition are better in the situation. But you're the voice that they need to hear. Hallelujah. Like I was coming out of the gym late one night and I ran into a tractor trailer. Yeah, I ran into the tractor trailer. Praise God. I'm, thank God it wasn't the other way around. Hallelujah. He would have kept me anyway, praise God, but it wasn't. I never saw the tractor. How can you not see a tractor trailer? And I run out the thing on a dark road, and I still don't know if he had his lights on, but I ran. Yep, here's the so When I heard the bang, I look up. The passenger side, her car, <laughs> is shoved into the tractor trailer of his, his, the lower bottom of his door, the driver's door. <coughs> I jump out of the, out of the car, Checking to see if he's all right. I'm in a Honda. He's in a tractor trailer. And I'm jumping out to see if he's all right. Everybody's all right. Praise God. But see, that's the point. See, somebody might be in a situation that you think is higher or bigger than you are, but you're the voice. And God's trying to connect you. Praise God. 
to get his word over to them. Praise God. And guess, guess, guess what? When you minister to somebody else, I just heard that. When you minister to somebody else, the Lord, you, that means that God has just took you up to another level. Praise God. Doesn't make you better than them or equal than them. But God, you know that God has given you the voice to minister to somebody else. Praise God. Hallelujah. They may not have heard it from anywhere else. That's awesome. Praise God. But I want to talk to you. I believe that the Lord is saying prophetically this year, along we know um, the, the Lord shared Pastor Knight that this is the year of the more. And uh, in the last year, um, 2016, I believe the Lord spoke to me and said that 2016 is going to be the year of the glorious church. Praise God, some more glorious. Praise God, the glorious church. The glorious church. And I just want to talk a little bit um, because there's, there's a lot of, in, over last year, and what I'm about to say, praise God, I'm not, I'm not saying this in a bad way at all. I'm just saying a real a lot of people, a lot of people, if you're, I'll put it this way, if you're smart, and you want to grow, then you learn about how to grow. Isn't that right? What's the, what's the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again and think you're going to get different results? It don't happen. You've got to change some things. Unless the, this, you know the Lord told me to stay here. The Lord told me to do, do this. Like, you know, like a bus. A bus, you, you, you expect the bus to be at that same spot every time. Because if it didn't, it's going to throw things off. It's part of the system and where things work. But in other things, praise God, if you want a different result, praise God, you got to change it. So praise God. So um, I know we, uh, Pastor Larry and, and some of us, we went through a lot of things to deal with church growth. So in a lot of seminars, a lot of people out there, and there's a lot of things online, a lot of books you can read concerning change, uh, church growth, how to grow, because we're a glorious church. We're X marks the spot. We are in the right place at the right time. Because I really believe when Jesus is, as Jesus is coming, he's one one. And this is scripture that's most quoted wrongly a lot. In Ephesians chapter 5, around verse 25, well, in chapter 5, talks about the Lord. We, and this is the way we quote it. The Lord's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. And it don't actually say that. It said the Lord will present to himself a church without spot or wrinkle. So I said this many times that the ultimate accountability, the ultimate accountability to the church and the growth of the church and the success of the church is really not the church in us. Thank God, because we'd have messed it up. We almost did. Really almost did. And it was saved, it wasn't the fact that the church, the body, has a head on it that is called Christ. It's Jesus who won't mess up, praise God, is the way we know that we're going to accomplish everything that he called us to do. Amen, praise God. So he will present to himself. So for that to happen, then if we were to look at things with our own natural eyes, the church and its condition when you got, I mean, I, years ago, <coughs> we're in Glassboro now, years ago, years ago, I counted just by drive-by, just driving around the city of Glasstown, city borough of Glassboro, there was over 33 black churches. When I say black churches, that are predominantly black, um, black pastors and so forth, and praise God. And there was 30, over 33, a lot of them little churches. Back then, there was a lot of them real little. Some of those churches are closed up now, but I'm sure there's more churches now here that has replaced those that were there. But... How can church, and, and some of them are from the same denomination, some of them, you know, in Pentecostalism, there's over, I, I forget some big number, but it's, I put it this way, it's more than 30. It's way more than 30. I'm just going to use that number. Divisions of Pentecostal churches. And we're not even talking about, then you get into the Baptists. I mean, you get Southern Baptists, old, and all kinds of Baptists. Our church that we were raised up was old school Southern Orthodox Primitive Baptists. All those names. Glory to God, was part of it. And, and all of them don't talk the same thing. All of them don't believe the thing, same thing. We used to come here every Sunday, and we believe, we just know everybody believes in speaking the tongue. We just know everybody believes in faith. We just know everybody believes the rapture is coming before the tribulation. We just know that, but there's a lot of people that don't believe that. There's a lot of people that don't believe a lot of things. That's why I tell people, if somebody comes knocking at your door, I don't care who they are, what color car they're driving, and, they talk, and I'm talking about they're preaching something, you ask them two questions. Not say knock at your door, but you meet them outside. You ask them two questions. What are you selling? How much does it cost? 
Or in other words, what must I do to be saved? That's the one I want to know. Let's that's that's, that's get rid of I don't have all the time in the world to be talking about a bunch of stuff and when Jehovah's kingdom comes and read this book and read that book, all that. I don't got time for that. I, I got the TV show on. It's called Life. It's a reality show, and I'm part of it. I got to go play that and be in it. So I ain't got time to cut to the chase. Tell me what you're selling. What does it cost? What must I do to be saved? And they say, anything, if the word comes, you got to work for it. You got to do this. Well, I'll be seeing you later. No, I'll see you. Goodbye. You see, because it's something built with works in it. That's your, that's your, that's your, that's your um, cliff. You're not your cliff, no, your litmus test. To know, because guess what? If there's something got to do with works, I ain't got enough for it because I know me. I'm not going to be able to keep it. You got to come bring me something that I didn't pay for. When I heard about Jesus and I heard the word free, whoo, Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah, praise God. I ain't got to pay for this, that I'm saved, built the Holy Ghost because of what he did. How do I can walk this thing. Because even if when I sin, he's faithful and just. Forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I ain't got to do it. I just got to believe it and receive it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That changes the whole thing. Glory to God. Whoo, praise God. Hallelujah. I only got to the first page. All right. We, 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 oh, okay. I got I to talk about this. So we got the church here to do a work. And I wanted to talk a minute because a lot of them talk about growth and a lot of talk about how we go out. <coughs> and reach people. And the word culture is how do we reach the culture of people? And, and, and don't get me wrong, what I'm about to say, I'm sharing this for a reason. Because it's time for the church to be the church. You see, we live in a day that we're so, so pulled and so geared that we got to be all things for all men that we got to go out and change our identity as a church in order to reach other people. And I'm like, wait a minute. What about the culture of the church? We have a culture. And I know sometimes we talk about it, but I won't be able to tell you, and we laugh about it, but I'll tell you, uh, there's some, even, even for my, and, I, and I'm going to the denomination now, there's some of my Baptist culture I kind of like. You know, I didn't like it coming. I liked it when my daddy made me go to church. I didn't like it then, but that was a good thing. Amen. And even, even oh, glory to God. See, now, now, now the emotional tears coming down because I'm thinking about that now. I, I liked it. Praise God. When they hear Sister Harris used to sing, sing to some of those songs and then and talk about stay, and Mother Miller, stay in the field till the war is ended. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And some of the other songs that were sung, the hymns, some of them, there were some good things. Some, you know, all of them wasn't great because they didn't, they didn't know. Praise God. But some of the things were good, and I gleaned off of them. There's, there's, there's things of the culture of the church. Yeah, yeah, we leave our house while everybody else is doing what they're doing. And we come out on a Sunday morning so we can learn the word. That's part of our culture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's something about, yeah, I know everybody don't do it. I know you got friends that are going to a football game. I know your friends are still, you know, eagle hopeful, even though the Eagles are out of the playoffs. I love the Eagles, praise God. But how do you, I'm not going to stay home and watch the Eagles play and pray they out of it and all of them are millionaires. Glory to God. Why, why am I going to let that rob me and change the way I, I can act and operate? I'm going to stick to my culture of the church. I come out of church, and, and, and part of my culture and family life, they know when Elder Terry gets up to minister, it's going to be a little bit longer. They, they know that's part of the culture. You might just love it and get with it. Get with the picture, praise God. Hallelujah, praise God. You're going to eat later on, pretty good, amen? Praise God. Hallelujah, I'm getting to the day one day, I'm going to preach so long, praise God. Somebody's going to say, take the fish and loads of him. <laughs> praise God. I'm going to pray over, praise God, and God's going to multiply it. Hallelujah, praise God, for a bucket of chicken and whatever it is. Glory to God. But it's to see all this part of a culture. The point is, don't be ashamed of your culture. They tell us that way. If you're black, don't be ashamed of your black. There's some good things about being black. Praise God. Hallelujah. I like thank God to like Jesse now. I praise God. I, I like being a black man. Praise God. Hallelujah. I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, y'all went through some. Yeah, I like. I went through some struggles. I can identify with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love it. 
Praise God. Some things in my culture I don't like, but it's still my culture, praise God. And Captain Kirk said, these things made us what we are. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's who we are. Praise God. Some of me, I got Indian blood in me. Glory to God, praise God. I love that part of my culture. Hallelujah. Got some or European blood in me too. I love that part of my culture. It's part of me. I praise God. I'm from New Jersey. This part of being in New Jersey. I love being in that's part of my culture. You know, praise God, brother. You know, Philly's good too. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I love that part. I love Philadelphia. It's a city of next to But it's part of our culture. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Love your culture. Love your peoples. Hallelujah. Praise God. Believe God for them. Because God, you, you see, you got to read the book. See, we don't know the word of God. Revelation chapter 5. Out of every nation and tongue and kindred and cultures, he's pulled us into the culture of the church. We are people that believe God. We are people, yeah, yeah, them people, y'all just, y'all just Christians need a crutch. Yes, amen. I need a crutch. It's called Jesus. He's called Jesus Christ. And I'm leaning on him, praise God. Yes, sir. I believe things that I can't see sometimes just because he said in the word. It's my culture. Ain't that right, brother? Hallelujah. I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. I serve a living God. I have a hope. That's found in his word. One day he's going to come, praise God. I sing those songs, praise God. How do, yeah, people talk about, yeah, they watched some of those movies that they got out, the Christian movies, because the brothers in the movies, they said it looks fake or they call it a preachy. Because in the movies, people are yeah, glory to God, praise the Lord, <laughs> hallelujah. But I find myself when I get with Pastor Larry, we're like, glory to God. We talk, as soon as we pick up the phone, glory to God. I'm like, what's wrong with it? It looks, it looks real to me, you know, <laughs> glory, isn't that true? It's like that, that shorts commercial, you know, they know how to talk to you. Hey, glory to God, praise God, hallelujah. That's part of my culture. I'm a Christian. Don't be ashamed of that. It's coming a day, praise God, when all that's going to be turned inside out. We go to a party, praise God, or we go to a, a wedding or something like that, and we want to know whether or not should we dance on the floor because that's the thing to do, praise God. Well, you got to judge that within yourself. You know some kind of dance you shouldn't be dancing to, and there's some songs that you shouldn't be dancing to. You know, I went to one church service, praise God, and praise God, and, and, and one of the songs come up doing it in the, in the butt. Remember that song? I'm like... Really? Because we're having fun now, you know, like that. So we got to. That ain't in my culture. I have a different culture. So you want to get up and dance, but it's, if you don't do it, you just sit there and you have a reason. Now, don't be sad. Don't be mad. Don't look. You know, get up there and laugh, have fun, get up there and do something. But that's your culture. People ask you, why you're not dancing? I don't dance to that music. Hey, Pastor, put on the right song, I'll dance to it. Because this is my culture. You understand? But see, we are really to change our culture for the world's culture. I was coming out of going to church the other Sunday at, at the other church, and um, I had my grandkids with me. And uh, the, my Didi's oldest son coming out, and he had on, um, he had on those holy jeans. Yeah, and I'm not talking about sanctified. They were holy jeans, you know, you buy them that way with the holes. And he, did, he had a hole up here, hole down here, hole down here, hole down here. I'm sitting in the car as he's running outside, so I never know he had them on. I'm like, and I was getting ready to cuss. I'm serious. I was getting ready to cuss. I was going to say, and I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you the first letter. D the culture. I said, that some things ain't right. You shouldn't do, you know, shouldn't do that. I know part of that's because of the way I was raised. But dear God, dear, I still believe there's a way you ought to come to church. There's a way you ought to dress, praise God. So I asked the Lord about that. And the Lord said, see, it's like this. And because I'm adventuring, you know, well, does clothes really make a difference? And the Lord told me, he's now hearing this. When he comes into my presence, he's seen me all kinds of ways. And the Lord said, he's seen me on the John. You get it? On the John. <laughs> he's, he's seen me on the John. He's seen me in the shower. He's seen me with the crusty lips. He's seen, me, he's seen me in my worst moments. He's seen me that way. You know, because he's God. He's omnipresent. Glory to God. And he's, he's my father. When he comes into my presence. You see, but when I come into his presence, see, even though he's already there to understand the way this works, when I come boldly into his presence by a new and what? Living way, there's a difference. So what do you mean? So you mean that the clothes is going to change things? No, you understand that. 
But my mind and my body need to identify that there's something different about when I'm in his presence. I'm training myself that I know when I come before the holiness of the Lord. He's talking about this morning. Because he said without holiness, no man shall see God. That's our culture as well. You know, one of the definitions of culture, a holiness is the manifestation of righteousness. He made me righteous, but now I'm supposed to live this thing out. And then holiness, I'm sanctified, set apart. See, nobody else can come in there. Nobody, nobody else, no animals can come into that holy presence of God and make intercession and fellowship with him. Praise God. That's what Jesus told the one with the wealth. The Father is seeking such to worship him. Praise God. Nobody else. A sinner can't get in there until he first comes through that blood and not be a sinner anymore. Praise God. We can come boldly before the throne of God. So anybody else can wear the t-shirts with the holy holes in it. Praise God. But we ought to come rejoicing knowing that there's a difference. I'm coming to see my daddy. Praise God. And there is a difference. Mom, keep wearing the hats. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. People know something about People know where you're going. They know you're going to church. They know there's something different about you. Praise God. Now, I'll talk about protected, protecting tradition. Now, the, this, wearing the tie is more tradition. It's a tradition of the, uh, of the day we live in. And praise God, the choker. You know, I get every chance I get to get out of wearing them. Praise God. You know, because they, you know, they, they restrict. And we go back to find out the roots of where that came from. But, you know, some places, you don't complain about that. Boss I used to have, vice president, all his people on his team wore ties. And yet the other vice presidents, they're down there with, the polo, with tennis shirts on, stuff like that. But no, we have to wear ties. And we know we, we work for John Land. That was his name, John Land. He said, we work for him. African-American brother, praise God. He used to play football for one of the expansion teams of the Eagles. But John's team, he wore a tie, and everybody under him had to wear a tie. That became the culture of his department. There's something about us, praise God, the way we dress, the way we look. And it's, so you, you start beginning to change yourself like that, and praise God, uh, you'll begin to, you, it, it just changes everything around you. But again, this, the culture of the church, I'm moving along, I'm not going to be too much longer, praise God. Hallelujah. But I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to preach this part. I wrote it in my notes. When you get to this, you preach this part. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Lord had me write down. He says, Hollywood and the entertainment industry is not the standard or the measure of the kingdom of God. <laughs> Hear that. I know you know that, but I just want to uh, confirm you. Praise God. I don't care what they're accepting, what the new trend is in the Hollywood or in the music in the train. And we're in the world, and the Bible says that they set the standard. They're not the standard setter. Music is from God. He created. And no, some of these people talk about, well, that music's of the devil. The devil didn't create anything. He was given charge over it, but he lost it. He doesn't have some understanding of it because he used to have that in his stuff. But praise God, God created the music. We're supposed to praise God in Psalms, him, spiritual song, instruments, and all that. There's some denominations don't believe in instruments. Praise God, but all the David, well, what did David do? I heard somebody try to justify, yeah, but see, but David used the instrument because he was after a victory. Well, praise God, didn't we win? Aren't we in Christ? Hallelujah. So don't let Hollywood or the entertainment industry be the metric. So what? You don't end up on their top 20 or on their top 100 or on the billboard with your song. You stand before God. What, is, what if God gave you the song and you know it's, it's just an awesome song? And the only person that you were able to sing with is your church, your congregation. Or maybe one, you had, the Lord said, call your buddy up, call your mama up and sing the song to her. And that's all that song goes to. What would you rather have? That or that, or, you know, I got to call Beyonce up or call somebody up in the music entertainment, Jay-Z, or whatever, I'm calling, is this acceptable to you? Dear God, I sure hope you don't do that. Who made them? See, you got to understand that all, all these kingdoms of the world are going to fall. Hallelujah. Technology, Hollywood entertainment industry is not the standard and measure of the kingdom of God. Technology is not the establisher of the church. Technology is not the establisher of the church. Technology does not impress God no more than Nimrod in kingdom impress God. Got to hear that. Now, that doesn't mean we don't use technology, but it doesn't impress him. Hallelujah. Glory. He was doing some things, praise God, getting people uh, uh, connecting in the spirit way long before there was uh, uh, texting and so forth. 
As a matter of fact, he created the text. Google doesn't impress God. He knows the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega. He's omnipotent. Omnipotent. iPhones or Androids don't impress God. I told the preacher, yeah, iPhones or Androids don't impress God. He's the original texter. And though he ignores sometimes, he can get through in any region and often clearer on the mountain, in the valley, and in the desert places. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 3D printers don't impress God. He owns the patent and the copyright to the original and has the code and parts written in his book in heaven. And you can call on him. Praise God. Automatic cars don't impress God. His angels are as chariots. Hallelujah. And they have been sent forth. New forms of energy don't impress God. He upholds all things by the word of his power. The latest movie doesn't impress God. The heavens declare his glory. Hallelujah. And the earth affirming work of his power. Hallelujah. The church is the culture. I'm, I'm just going to move on. Praise God. And praise God. I'm going to read a little. The church is the culture. Culture and biology is a sample. And then this is my definition of it based on things I read. That culture and biology is a sample or a segment of a growing, a multiplying cells in the right condition. You know, in the Petri dish, you put that so you can get a culture. Because you want to see things grow. You need to grow them under a condition in an environment. Well, that's what God did with the culture of the church. He took 120 men and women and put them in an upper room. Praise God. Set the culture, set that, set that setting just right. Hallelujah. Added some rain, added some sound of a mighty wind to it. Praise God. Brought in some Holy Ghost glory to God. Hallelujah. And immediately, praise God, the culture began to grow because 3,000 people, hallelujah, on the streets were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost that same day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, the church is the culture. Not resting or adapting or becoming all things to societal culture and style, but developing and maintaining and harvesting its own. Reaching the culture. The glory proclaimed. Praise God. The church is to set the trend, influence, and attract. Not by maintaining tradition, but holiness. We talked about that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' day, the synagogue was the center of the community. In the early church, they affected the community and the world. The early church were just a handful, but they were known as the men and women that turned the world upside down. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6. Praise God. We need to be both Martin Luther, both Martin Luthers. Both Martin Luther. You get it? Martin Luther, they, they wrote on the board, uh, the, the, nine, the 99 uh, uh, thesis on, on, on that chapel. Glory to God, proclaiming the just to live by faith. And we mean, need to be like Martin Luther King, praise God, that declared let freedom ring. Let freedom ring, praise God. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, we need to shout it in the streets and in the valley. We need to shout it on the radio, television, and Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, Twitter. Shout it in the malls, in the schoolroom. Shout it on the mountain. Freedom has come at last, hallelujah. We need to shout Luke 4, 18 and verse 19. Hallelujah. Glory and persecution. Someone said that the church in America is going to be persecuted. You heard that. And I, my answer to that, what for? We ain't saying nothing loud enough. Why, why, why persecute somebody who's not saying nothing? That's to go like kicking the law. And I'd be careful how I say that because one time I got in trouble. I was talking to a pastor and he was talking about some of the things pastors deal with in the congregation, and I said, well, you know, I know the church can be lethargic sometimes, and before I got the word out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, no, Jesus spoke to me, he said, don't you call my church lethargic, because he don't see us that way. Now, don't, don't be speaking against this church. We need to say it's a glorious church. It's a glorious church. Praise God. But my, my question is to you, why persecute somebody that's not saying anything? Now, I don't really have time to play. I wish I really did have time to play it. But um, I have a, a little excerpt um, from Donald, Donald Trump's speech. I'm not going to play it, Gianna. I don't have time to play it. But Donald Trump spoke before the election. This is after he won the primaries. He was speaking to the Christ, Christian leaders and pastors. And one of the things he talked about, he talked about something called the Johnson Act. And in the Johnson actions, when they took away, under President Johnson, took that the churches couldn't talk about political agendas in the church, or it was a danger leaving, losing the 501c3 uh, status. So now churches, so he said he went out and ministered, and well, he went out and talked 
to the uh, leaders, church leaders, and he said that, he said, one thing I'm doing, I'm going to repeal the, church, the Johnson Act. He said, one of the first things I do, I'll repeal the Johnson Act. And he said some things that I really wish I had time to play. But one time, one of the things that he said in it, he said that, he said, it's taking your power away. He said, you're powerful. He said, it's taking your voice away. He said, you have a voice. And as Donald Trump told him, he said, um, he said, we're not talking about bad people. We're talking about good people. We're talking about people that have a voice. We're talking about pastors and leaders that you have a voice, and that shuts you down because people are scared to say anything. He said, because they're going to lose the 501c, because of a lot of the money is, is money in the church is taxed. A lot of the church money, the church dependent, will go into the government. And having that, it's been a benefit. He's just going to repeal that. But what I pulled out of that, praise God, whether you like Donald Trump or not, the fact that here's a man, praise God, that's not from a church back, recognize that, that you're powerful. You have a voice. And that's what's happened to the church of Jesus Christ. We lost a voice. And this is what I want to preach. This is, you don't hear everything else I say. Then this is year of the glorious church. God is causing our voice to be turned back up. But we got to take advantage of it. We got to start to speak, praise God. We cannot be scared, praise God. We're so scared about what everybody else say. People, are you, you read anything on any night, any blog, they call us haters because, because of what we stand for against homosexuality. And what we stand for, no, yeah, we love the homosexual. We love people, praise God. But homosexuality is wrong. It's not right, glory to God. It's not of God, praise God. Sex out of marriage is wrong. I don't care who does it. I don't care, praise God, adultery is wrong. I don't care who does it, praise God. Fornication is wrong. I don't care who does it, praise God, it's wrong. It's not God. God has something better than that. There's a culture of the church, but there's more than a culture. It's the word of God. And we got to not back down from believing what we believe in because it's the word of God. The world will change. Heaven and earth will pass away. But not a jot or tittle of his word would ever fail. Praise God. You can just be bold, walk in the love of God, put your arm around somebody and ain't doing right. Say, honey, I love you, praise God, but what you're doing is wrong. But God has a way out. And then believe God to back your word up. Hallelujah, praise God. The Lord says we're in the day of the infallible proof. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead. He showed himself to the disciples. He showed himself alive with infallible proof. Infallible proof of things cannot be denied. I tell you what, praise God, you can have the worst sound system in the world. But praise God, when people come to your church and they start getting healed and they start getting delivered off of things, praise God, hallelujah, praise God, they'll come, praise God. Oh, yeah, they'll come, praise God. Now, that's when you want the technology to let people know what's going on, praise God. The technology doesn't make people come. The technology lets people know what's going on so they can find a way to get there, praise God. Hallelujah, that's the difference. We got it backwards. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not always the content. It's the anointing that's on what you got. Glory to God. Praise God. You don't even have to be the best preacher in the world. Glory to God. All you got to do is pray. I saw that little boy stand up there. Little prophet, that prophet Daniel, 12 years old, stood up there. He break the chains. And that's all he said over again. Break the chains. Break the chains. Break the chains. That's all, maybe all that you know. Break the chains. Jesus said break the chains. I'm breaking the chains in your life. And you say that over and over and over again. Over and over again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of the early revivals weren't, weren't by educated men. Praise God. Or women. Praise God. They're just people that knew their God. That's what Daniel said. And the people of God know their God. And in his name, they do exploits. Praise God. Exploits is based on knowing God. Hallelujah. 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 The glorious church. The glorious church. It's glorious church. Praise God. The church's job was to influence. The synagogue in the Bible, in the Old Testament as well, in Jesus' ministry. The synagogue was part of the town. It was made up of ten families. And that synagogue affected the community. The temple affected the community. As we get in, over in, in, in other cultures in the United States, the church, when they built the towns, the church was the center of the community. Now we got a place where that, that has changed. But it's not supposed to change. No, no, it hasn't changed. It, the volume just needs to be turned back up again. We are the influencers. You are the influencers. 
Praise God. God is wanting that to be turned back up again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Thank you for listening to the Become a Light Today podcast. Family Life Christian Fellowship services are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Call area code 856-430-6365 or visit us online today at familylifeonline.org for more information.